Geek Top 5 Quarantine Edition. Yay! It was time now. There was was all the time I needed. I'm Jesse. I'm Graham. And today we have a deep dive, because frankly, I can't think of a better way to do it. Uh, it is that time again. The holiday season is coming up, and we are about to enter a new next generation of video game consoles. And that means that uh, not even just the consoles, that means everybody is rolling out their fancy stuff. So we're here to talk in depth about those electronical Vidrima games. So they, they say that the lifespan of any of these generations is generally seven years. And, I mean, I, I think it just must be an age thing. But when I was a kid, it felt like we had Super Nintendo forever before the N64 showed up. And then it was like, we had the N64 forever before there was a GameCube. And since then, it just feels like I blink and there's a new system and I'm just, I'm still getting used to the old one. Yeah, I, I hate to tell you, but if anything, it was a little quicker back then when we were kids. <sighs> I think it's just that we had a lot more, you know, a lot more time to sit and have fun on a Nintendo <laughs> than we do these days. Um, also, I think to be fair, there were a lot less games. Like, video games so? is a multiple billion dollar industry these days. There are games that I have never heard of that are, I mean, not, maybe not necessarily bestsellers, but like, you know, if, if no video game console ever came out ever again, I could quadruple my video game library for the consoles I own now with stuff that I have never even played. I mean, I already have that with Steam. My my Steam account is just full of games. And, and if you include my Humble Bundle stuff, too, of stuff I haven't claimed, I could never buy another game in my life, and I would be I would still probably not be able to get through all the games I have on here. And, and most of that just comes from pandemic purchases. <laughs> oh, those are a bastard, aren't they? That's, uh... <laughs> I mean, I mean, to be fair, I mean, we've been in, you know, after the last 40 years or so of pandemic, it's like, you know, there's been a lot of stuff that we need to distract us. And uh, so every new video game is a welcome, just respite from the real world out there. But uh, I don't know, maybe that's keying into this, but all these folks are spending a lot of money hyping up what's coming next. Um, so how are we, man, how are we going to categorize it? I was thinking, I mean, maybe if we go by the major brands. Yeah, let's. You know, do the Sony and Microsoft, and then the like. You know, PC. Let's get the Nintendo out of the way first. Uh, they announced that uh, Donkey Kong Two is gonna come to their Super Nintendo emulator on the Switch. So that was big news. <laughs> I mean, Donkey Kong. Okay, for starters, Donkey Kong Country Two. Sorry, very excuse me. Game. And also, in my opinion, one of the best Donkey Kong Country games. Certainly, I'm 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 genuinely looking forward to playing it. <laughs> But yeah, that uh, also is just a nostalgia thing. Yeah. No, to be fair, Nintendo has always been marching to the beat of their own drum. They do not need to compete with Sony and Microsoft and Google and Facebook and all these big companies. They are they they do their own thing and everyone eats it up. If if they have something new out and Mario's in it, I mean everyone will buy it. And I don't put it that way just because like, oh, the masses and Mar I mean, it's going to be a good game. Right? It's been a long time. Like, I don't think they've ever released a bad Mario game. Maybe they've released some that I wasn't interested in, but those are fun games. Yeah, I feel like it's been a long time since I, I really dove into a, a Mario game, but the, the, he's a classic for a reason. There's a reason they, they keep coming back to him, and, and Sonic and Crash Bandicoot are 
sort of afterthoughts these days. Yeah, no kidding. But uh, at least in the gaming universe, Sonic yeah. is uh, going to win all the Oscars this year. <laughs> yeah, well, we've been we've been mentioning. We'll we'll see. <laughs> uh, you know, I finally did watch it. Yeah, it was better than it had any right to be. But okay, that's a different podcast. <laughs> So what's Nintendo talking about? Um, in terms of new hardware, they haven't announced anything. Um, there are rumors that there's going to be a new hardware configuration for the Switch coming out next year, but so far everything is a rumor. So just for for uh, lay people like me, uh, what does is, what is a new hardware configuration mean? This is when... So a new console generally means like fresh new technology. So when you look at, like, PlayStation is the easiest one to follow because they name their consoles with numbers. The PlayStation 3 and the PlayStation 4, the PlayStation 4, you know, came seven years later, and it's a stronger computer in there. So it can play, like, the games are going to be, be like, better technically. More, there's, more, there's more memory there and faster processors, so they can have better graphics and more stuff than you could normally cram into the ones on the PlayStation 3. Now, a new hardware configuration is something Nintendo is especially leaning into, but all these companies do it. It's when they say, okay, we've made an improved version of what's already out there. Um, so in this case, the Nintendo Switch, a lot of people are hoping for some improvements to it. Um, as you know, Compared to all the other consoles, it's com the computer in there is the slowest, it's the weakest, so folks are hoping they're just going to jump it up just a little they're also hoping for some design improvements. It's it's always the Switch always has that thing that the charging like if you're carrying it portable, the charger is on the bottom of the console, so you can't charge it and set it up to play at the same time. Right. I think maybe we could do that and like little improvements like that. I mean, Nintendo I mean, does one of this the things they've been talking about. Uh, the the one of the biggest complaints about the Switch is the controllers and the 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 Joy-Con drift. Right. Uh, do you, any word on if they're going to fix that? There's no word on anything, let's be right. clear. And also, to be fair, when you check the numbers, the Joy-Con drift definitely seems to be you know, overstated somewhat. Well, but I'm yes, dealing it, with it right now, but that may have more to do with a toddler being a little too aggressive with the Switch. Yeah, but it, it, it happens often enough that it's a thing, where the, the analog stick, the, control, like the little joystick on the controller for the, for the Switch's little Joy-Cons, they tend to off-center uh, very quickly, like they end up damaged, and then you know, if the thing can't be held center, like you can't stop. It's 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 happening. It's it's got blown up by the media because it's rare for Nintendo to have a hardware issue. Um, it's not as prevalent as it sounds. So it's prevalent enough that people are hoping they resolve it. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm one of them. Yeah. Especially so we'll... since replacement controllers are a hundred bucks. Yeah, Nintendo's accessories are not cheap. That's another thing I'm hoping to get improved on the next Switch, is the Switch dock to connect it to the TV. I mean, I get it. It's it's a hardware it's a it's a hardware solution to having four-year-olds know how to do this. You just drop the switch into this little house for the switch, and then it connects to the TV, which is fine. But it's a hundred bucks for what's essentially like some cardboard and a glorified HDMI cable. It's like, that's outrageous to me. And I, I'm hoping that the new model either has, like, a connection for the, you know, the HDMI cable for the TV built right into it, or just some improvement is made there, because that's still, that's the one that infuriates me the most. Okay. Hmm. But here here's the thing. I, I didn't get a chance to really look at the, I've got numbers on PS4 and Xbox up to a point, but Switch was late to the party. 
but it feels like everybody's got a switch and that was some of the one of the things that people talked about at the beginning of the pandemic everyone had to get a switch it was sold out all over again is it's are they truly competing are they beating the other guys or what's happening there i mean i think the estimates that i've read have said that they're, they're up to something like 70 million units sold so, you know, that there's, there, you know, there's 30 million people in Canada. <laughs> so they've sold more than twice the population of one of the largest countries in the world. I think they're doing fine. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. And and uh, they did come late to the party. Maybe maybe they, they will uh, catch up to the other ones. Again, I mean, when you, like, what's the total sales... I, I, see, how do you define late to the party? Like again, like the Switch isn't a competitor to a PlayStation or an Xbox. It's such a unique machine with its like half portable, half plugged in. You know, Nintendo gave up competing with those folks a long time ago because they never have to. It's like they still make kind of half toys, right? Which I guess is a nice segue into. I mean, speculation on the hardware. Like, you know, we're just dreaming at this point. They haven't announced anything. <laughs> But Nintendo has announced a bunch of new software over recent weeks. Um, they released I mean, some of the basic stuff. They released Super Mario 3D All-Stars, which is fun. This is a play off of Super Mario All-Stars for the Super Nintendo, which was a bunch of Mario games in one. That was one of my favorite games on the Super Nintendo. It was a nice little upgrade on the NES games, and, and I didn't have an NES, so this was a chance for me to really dive deep on those classics. And all that in one package, right? It's a good deal. Yeah. This is the same thing but some, for some of their newer 3D games. For This combines Super Mario 64, Super Mario Sunshine, and Super Mario Galaxy, which were launch titles for the 64, the GameCube, and the Wii, respectively, all in one package, which is fun. That's come out recently, and that's going to sell a bunch, so people can try that. And aren't they uh, doing a thing with it, like the Disney style, putting it back in the vault after a certain they, amount of time? They are, and nobody knows why. Well, uh, let's circle back to that. The, okay. But the other software announcements, um, there's been, they've relaunched the classic Super Mario All-Stars. You can buy it on the Switch, so hey, that's great. Uh, they've announced a new Hyrule Warriors game. So not quite a Zelda game, but a Breath of the Wild-themed Hyrule Warriors which the, the short, short version is the Warriors or Mujin series of games are a sort of an action hack-and-slash kind of game. And back in, when was this now? This was originally 2014. Nintendo came to them and said, hey, can we do this but with Zelda characters? We think that would be cool. Um, and it was a huge hit, and it's been recently re-released in the Definitive Edition uh, in, do, 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 on the Switch in 2018. Um, they're they're making a new one, and it's it's got a lot of people's attention because Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild, um, launch title for the Switch, still one of the highest ranking, the sort of most regarded video games of all time. Uh, it, the the setting for that game is a hundred years after a fantasy apocalypse, and a big part of it is figuring out what happened a hundred years ago and how to save the world from it. This is going to be the game that tells the story of that apocalypse. Oh, cool! Yeah. So that's uh, so. I mean, it's, everybody is dying for Breath of the Wild too, which is still going to be a ways off. But in the meantime, sort of a fun action-oriented hack and slash sequel or prequel, rather. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it's not often that you get multiple Zelda games that really take place in the same continuity. No, no, very rare. 
Um, but breath, of, but again, you know, there's no reason not to lean into Breath of the Wild. It is so difficult to find someone who has like. It's just I've never met someone who didn't love that game, and that includes like critical reviews. It's 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 a phenomenon. Um, now we need, we don't have access to it at the time of this recording, but by the time this episode uh, hits the the airwaves, the podcast waves, uh, Nintendo will have released. They're saying a fifty five zero minute sort of video journal about this game. So check this out. This is called uh, The Legend of Zelda: uh, Hyrule Warriors. Here we go. Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. It's a cool title. And that's going to come out in November. Um, The other thing of note that Nintendo has announced is they're leaning further into their toy market. Um, They released, starting next year, they're going to be releasing their Mario Kart Live Home Circuit toys. Which, I know, Graham, you're super cynical about, and I'm incredibly (laughs) jazzed about. And I'm sure the truth of the situation will be somewhere in the middle but holy crap, I love this. This is where, essentially, you're going to buy... I mean, you know Mario Kart. Do I have to explain Mario Kart to anybody on this podcast? Uh, it's a racing game with Mario characters. There you go. Yeah, it's a beloved party racing game. Um, what you're going to do with this is you're going to buy real-life toys of the Mario Kart... Like, of the Mario characters driving cars. But each of those toys has a computer and a little augmented reality camera in it. And they're going to sync up to your Switch, and you're going to drive the cars around, but, like, the course of the Mario Kart course will be your living room or whatever. And you design the track. So, you know, they they go under your coffee table and then up whatever ramps you've set up. And, like, you build the Mario Kart course in your home and then play the Mario Kart game. And these toys actually run around. And you can see on the screen what it looks like from their point of view. Or you follow them, you know, with your eyes in real life. I love this idea. I think it's delightful. Um, I want to get a whole bunch of Star Wars play sets and have my Mario Kart characters like driving through the Battle of Hoth or whatever. Uh, it's going to be so expensive. <laughs> <laughs> my take on it is it's it's. Uh, I, I feel like it's diminishing returns. You do it once and it'll be fun, and then you'll get the gist of it and eventually you'll just want to play a racing game without the gimmicks. That's just my take. That's that's what I think would happen with me anyway. I think that's fair. Um, I think that's probably what will happen to me too, like middle-aged, you know, old guy. Uh, but oh my god, if I had this when I like, I want to play this with your kid is what I'm getting at. <laughs> well, the other thing is you, I I think anyway, you're gonna need a decent amount of space for it to be worthwhile. Like I, I could see doing it in in like your mom's basement would be an ideal place to do it. I don't have that kind of space. I don't think you've got that kind of space to really let these things rip. I don't know. I've been to your place. I mean, you don't let me out of the basement much. And Geek Top 5 audience, feel free to interpret that as you will. <laughs> but uh, but I've been there. I think there's plenty of room well, from the foot of the stairs down into the rec room, maybe into the garage. Like, eh. the, uh. the cars can go up and down stairs? Well, if you build a ramp. Ugh. Ain't nobody got time for that. That's, that's all I want to do with my time. <laughs> Neither here nor there. Anyway, that's pretty much everything that's on the radar for Nintendo. It uh, it definitely doesn't hit. It's not causing a blip on the airwaves that the other consoles are, but as usual, they're doing their own thing. So, you know, it's I like based on precedent. Pretty sure that's going to work out for them. That's fair. So let's let's move on to the the big guns. Yeah. 
So the the big expensive video games that market is dominated almost entirely by Sony's PlayStation and Microsoft's Xbox. They are both releasing their new models in time for the holiday season. Um, the PlayStation 5 consoles are available for pre-order now and will be released on November 12. And the Xbox Series X and S consoles, which Xbox, you got to come up with a better way to name your consoles. But that will be available on November 10th, and pre-orders will be available um, I, by the time you hear this. Well, I, yeah, from what everything I've read, both of their pre-orders caused lots of sites to crash and a lot of people to be disappointed. Oh, yeah, people are panic buying. There's people absolutely have to have the hottest ticket of the holiday season, and then other people are buying them and immediately scalping them out on eBay, and right. then folks are... You know, are trying to pressure eBay into making that illegal, but how do you even do that? It's a whole kerfuffle. Um, well, I'll skip to the end right now. We'll roll it back, but I'll tell you right now, I don't know that you need one this holiday season. I think it's okay to wait. Um, so if you're, you know, if you heard, just heard this podcast and realize they're available and you're halfway out the door with your code on to a Best Buy, I mean, one, it's already sold out. Sorry, dude. Two, I think you're going to be okay, and we can discuss why. Let's start with the Sonys, because I think they're the easiest to explain. The PlayStation 5 uh, is coming in two slightly different kits, the PlayStation 5 and the PlayStation 5 Digital Edition. Um, the, the PS5 is selling for 500 US, so that's going to be about 660 in goose bucks. Um, the Digital Edition is going to be 100 bucks cheaper. The only difference between the two, so we can get this out of the way, is the digital edition does not come with a disk drive. Which, which seems to be the wave of the future. Right? I've been thinking about it. I don't own a single video game disc for my PlayStation 4. I have bought all those games online and downloaded them to the PlayStation's hard drive. And it saved I... me a ton of time and effort. And admittedly, you know, some days if I'm already on the couch, I don't want to get up and go over and to the yeah. disk drive because I'm yeah, big I and never old th- and lazy. I really never thought it, I, it would come to that, but I find more and more frequently I'm, I'm like, do I want to put a DVD in or just see what's on Netflix? Do I want to put a new game in or just see what I've already got installed? Yeah, life can be exhausting, man, especially these days. Now, on the other hand... Video games are an expensive hobby, and for a long time, folks have been able to subsidize that somewhat by buying and reselling games. You know, buy the new Fallout or whatever for 40 bucks, play it for a couple of months, and then sell it back to GameStop for, well, let's be honest, for five bucks. Um, but at least you get some of that money back. And similarly, you could try to buy used, although GameStop, again, let's call them out, has is terrible about that. Like, as far as yeah, pawn like shops go... $10 off. At yeah. best. Yeah, they will buy your game for quarters, and they will sell it for 100 bucks. Um, but they're seeing the writing on the wall now, because folks are going to be buying consoles that don't handle, don't, don't trade in games that they can sell. So, so long brick-and-mortar video game pawn shops. It, it's a, a little disappointing, at least so far. The digital editions don't seem to be any cheaper than the, the store editions, like the, the hard copies. Yeah, that's true. You'd figure, like, being able to save on the cost of plastic and printing and manufacturing discs. And shipping them to stores. Yeah, you think they'd pass those savings on? Well, no. Why would you think they'd pass those savings on to consumers? I mean, they do it, like, the Kindle, or, let's go, non-branded, the digital editions of books tend to be at least a little bit cheaper. Uh, And I think uh, that 
in some ways it bothers the stores and it causes like frayed feelings in these partnerships because because the stores are like we've supported you for years and now you're you're basically undermining us and driving us out of business but uh I don't know. It, it doesn't feel right to pay the same amount, considering the complete difference in, in effort level in getting you it. Well, I, I agree. But uh, hey, if the only reason they were doing it was to satisfy brick-and-mortar stores, they've clearly gotten over that. So who knows? Maybe we'll see. But then again, video game production is only getting more expensive. People forget it costs more money to make a AAA budget video game than it takes to make a Hollywood blockbuster. Yeah, and, and but I think on the same level, it's also 70 hours worth of entertainment as opposed to two hours of entertainment. Oh, sure. And similarly, in terms of how long people are working on it, too. Like, I get it. But it's just like the amount of money they spend on making these games. I understand why they want to attract every dollar they reasonably can. And probably why they also crank out yearly editions of games to help... Uh, offset the cost of other games that are, are a bit more production intensive yeah that that's yeah missed me with that noise <laughs> so hip with the lingo i had no idea yeah word <laughs> <laughs> no we're, we're in the weeds let's let's uh, circle but yeah corporations bad make they, they focus on money first weird uh anyway so these two kits of the playstation 5 um the, for those of you who do buy the disc edition the disc is now also doubles as a 4k blu-ray player um, which isn't something to sneeze at. I mean, it's you, like not a lot of people are buying movies on disc these days, thanks to streaming. But damn, those those 4K discs look real good. Like that. That I think, is a. I do think here, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a broader point here, but I, I do think we've reached a point in the amount of clarity and and beauty that these uh, upreses of HD. Uh, can do where we're we're beyond what the average consumer cares about, right? It's like with audio hardware, there's always new stuff. And like my dad is an audiophile, and he's always like, "Oh, I gotta hear this. I gotta try this. Oh, this is so much crisper. I gotta get new wires for for this, so it sounds better." But for the average person, an MP3 is gonna do the ticket. Just like streaming something, even if there's dropped frames or whatever, it's good enough and the quality is good enough that you're satisfied. And I feel like the same thing, we're, we're getting to a point with the console graphics. Like, I was watching trailers for these new games and I was like, these don't seem that wildly different from what I can already get on a PS4. And, and I, I don't have the trained eye to spot the differences, but it's not compelling me to get a new thing. Like, the, the well, jump... See, and, and this is why they have the digital edition. That's perfect for you. You don't need the damn disc drive. You don't care about the 4K Blu-rays. Right. It's not going to matter, so that option's yeah. available to you. And it's, it's cheaper like, to boot. If I got if I got a big, gigantic screen thing and I, I had a projector to show these things, sure, I'd want the 4K to, to really take advantage of it. But yeah, and a, if you're the kind of person who's bought a giant screen in like a, a home theater room, you're also the kind of person who probably appreciates, you know, the 4K, 8K super video formats we're getting man, now. It's, I feel like I'm getting called out. No, it, not at all. I mean, I'm not, like, yeah, I play on a 50-inch screen. It's pretty impressive. Um, it's fine, right? The But I, I would notice the difference compared to, like, I've seen a PlayStation running on a home theater that took up, you know, an entire wall that was taller than I was. And it, you know, it you can tell the difference. It's there. If you're that guy, 
I don't know, if you're like head surgeon at super famous <laughs> hospital, whatever, and you make enough money to afford a, a man cave like that, then that's the product for you. But if you're not, totally okay to scale down. Frankly, right. I appreciate the option. Sure. Sure. Yeah. All right. Let's let's keep going with the specs here. Yeah. So I mean, well, yeah, we could go into the 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 numbers, but I'll tell you right now, like the again, the only things competing are the PlayStation Five and the Xbox, and the, the fanciest editions of both, the 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 like the PS Five and the PS Five Digital Edition have entirely the same hardware. The Xbox, when we get to it, the Xbox Series X is the strongest one, and when you put them side to side, it's possible that the Xbox is a tiny bit stronger. And that's basically In everything you need to know. In a noticeable way? No. Not really. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's the kind of thing it might translate to a couple seconds less loading time. Uh, maybe they'll have a couple extra of those illuminating god rays drawn with ray tracing, but... <sighs> At the end of the day, these are very comparable machines. Um, so I'm not going to go over and read all the numbers and acronyms because that isn't great podcasting. Uh, but you can find the information if, if you want to Google it. It turns one isn't entirely superior to the other, with one exception with the cheaper Xbox, which actually does have genuinely less powerful hardware. We'll get to that when we sort of segue into Microsoft. So you're buying one of these two PlayStations. Um, the, the PlayStation 5 is doing backwards compatibility with PlayStation 4 games through PlayStation Plus, which is their online service. Um, they already use it for matchmaking and for you know, playing multiplayer games, but they're releasing the PlayStation Plus Collection, which is interesting. This is a PS5 exclusive upgrade to your PS Plus service, no additional cost. That's basically, you can, at your choice, you can pick like 12 hit PlayStation 4 games that are available to you immediately with purchase. Um, they include God of War, Bloodborne, Final Fantasy 15, Uncharted 4, Detroit Become Human, Batman Arkham Knight, uh, The Last Guardian, if you're into that, Resident Evil 7. I'm sorry, that was pejorative. I'm sure a lot of people liked The Last <laughs> Guardian. Anyway, big titles on there. Um, so the PlayStation 4 games that you have bought on disc... It, I've seen conflicting reports. It sounds like they might not work on the PlayStation 5. But the ones that you've bought online, 99% of them, you can just re-download. But my understanding is it won't transfer saves, right? We're, we're just hearing that recently, and it seems sort of up in the air. We're not okay. sure yet. That's, that's, that's just come out about Spider-Man. because But that might be because they're not porting the PS4 Spider-Man to PS5. They're re-releasing Spider-Man remastered. Ah, I see. Yeah, so it's a tough call. Um, but in terms of backwards compatibility, because that's a big thing, you have your video game library, you're asking, if I buy a PS5, do I also need the PS4 hooked up to play my games? In a lot of cases, no. It's not perfect. But basically, if you've bought it online, or if it's just a super popular game and it's available in this Plus collection, you can just play it directly on the PS5. So for a lot of folks, you'll be able to take your PS4 right out of your wherever you have it plugged into and swap in the 5 and you're still good. That is pretty much everything we've seen. And you'll notice the one thing that we didn't mention is launch titles. Usually, when fancy new consoles come out, they have like a cool new video game that's the hit game that you have to play, and that's why you buy the console. 
doesn't seem like anybody's doing that this generation. There are video games coming out at the same time as these consoles are coming out, but in literally every single case, they will also be available for current generation games. Um, I think the big one I know we were looking at was the Spider-Man follow-up with Spider-Man Miles Morales, uh, which is going to be a smaller title, but based on the same sort of gameplay engine and universe of this PS4 Spider-Man game, which is one of the best games on that console, probably one of the best superhero games there are. Definitely. Uh, Miles Morales was motivation, like, hey, you know what? I might buy a PlayStation 5 to play that. Not necessary. It's coming to PS4. So tough call on that. I mean, I can tell you, in my case, like, every video game console that I've ever bought, I bought to play a game. A specific game. I can probably go through them all and (laughs) name them for you. But and this is why this is one of the major reasons why I'm saying I think you can wait is not only is there a kill like there's no killer app to sell the, these things and this goes for Microsoft too and we'll get to that but certainly for PlayStation not only is there no killer app to sell them but anything that's coming out and it looks like anything that's coming out for a little while is going to cross both generations so until we see something that really you know maxes out what the PlayStation can do. That's something that can't happen in our current generation. That's something you need that one for. I don't think there's any fear of missing out. So I, I guess if you've if you've skipped a generation or you you know have a PS4 but you haven't bought a game in a while and and it's just sort of sitting there collecting dust, maybe getting the PS5 with this option to get the 12 PS4 games is is something that's enticing. Yeah, and it just comes with it. It's like, you have your PS5? Here, come download these awesome PS4 games. You'll really like them. And I can't remember the last time that a, a, a console launched with games included, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's because they used to have to like physically box them in. But yeah, in this case, it's just free access. Just download and here you go. It's, so you're going to buy this. If this console is all you can afford, if it's all you get for Christmas... Just a little bit of download time, and you can have like twelve games on it from the go, and good ones too. It's 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 hard to turn down. So, the PlayStation Plus—that's the thing that you that you subscribe to that lets you play with other people online, and it gives you a couple of free games a month. PlayStation Now is the more like Netflix version, right? That's that's where you can pick different games to download and just play or, or not download stream and play sorta and it has okay. a ways to it's not considered a big selling point of the system you'll notice it hasn't been included much in their uh in, in their marketing right it's, like this P- playstation plus aspect with the the 12 games seems to be a bigger what what they're talking about more with the yeah. ps5 anyway and it's definitely a more traditional way to play video games which is interesting right like they're taking the sort of the, the road more more well-traveled. Right. Like this is, this is going to be a console. It's going to be more powerful than the last one. It's going to play your favorite games, and a lot of your cool new games are going to look even better and cooler on it. And that's what they're selling. And that's, you know what? You know exactly what you're getting. So that's a safe bet. I can see why they'd, they'd go with that. And now maybe that's a good segue into Microsoft. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, Microsoft is not playing it safe. They're trying a bunch of new stuff, which uh, is very interesting. Well, that, that's like, 
Yeah, to to put it into terms that I understand, it's like uh, back in the day with Marvel Comics, with a low-selling title, they'd let people be a little more creative with it, let them to spread their wings. And that's how we got the Chris Claremont X-Men series and how we got uh, the Frank Miller Daredevil. Just creative types giving, giving free reign to resuscitate a book. This seems like the same sort of thing. They're... The Xbox has kind of been losing the console war this generation, and now it's given them license to be a little more creative and daring. Yeah, maybe. Maybe just someone in a boardroom said, okay, what we're doing now isn't working, or Sony's doing it better. How do we change it up? And this is what they've come up with. So what we've got, let's start with the hardware again. Like the PlayStation, there's two configurations for this. The big one is the Xbox Series X. Same price, 500 in US. And then whereas the PlayStation had the digital edition that was the exact same thing without the disc, Microsoft is actually selling a version of this console where the technology in it is actually weaker. Um, however, they're selling it for, for 300 U- US, which is $100 cheaper than the PlayStation 5 digital edition. Um, these are the Xbox Series X and the Xbox Series S because PlayStation took numbers already and they have to be different. So th- this leads to a question for me. The, I couldn't find a good answer for it, but why series? Don't know. Why, that... was the la- why was the last one called the Xbox One? It was the third generation of Xboxes. After went from... the 360. <laughs> yeah, they went from Xbox to Xbox 360 to Xbox One, and then there were variants of the Xbox One. There was the Xbox One S, the Xbox One X, and the Xbox One S. <laughs> so now there's the X. So now on shelves for a while, there's going to be an Xbox One, an Xbox One S, an Xbox One X, an Xbox Series X, and an Xbox Series S. You got that? Uh, no. Yeah, they're dumb and bad. <laughs> Microsoft, you're dumb and bad. But, in this case, you're not being pejorative. Yeah, no. In this case, I'm being like, you no. Know, it's sometimes <laughs> listen, tough love. <laughs> oh God, man, 360 was great, wasn't it? That was my favorite console for a long time. It was a good one. I think PS4 has trumped it for me, though. Yeah. In any case, Xbox Series X, Xbox Series S, a powerful one and a weaker one. Um, look, I don't know if you want the numbers. It, like the the S has less teraflops. It only has ten gigs of RAM. It has half the storage space. It is a Here, small. Here's my sorry. question, I guess, and the thing that I think will will matter most to the layperson. At a certain point, are they gonna? Is the are we gonna reach a point like say in year seven of of this generation? Are they the? Is the Series S not gonna be able to play the newest games? It will play the newest games. But the load times will be longer, and the graphics won't be as good. That's Interesting. it. Okay. Um, that, that that's all it comes down to is that it's you know this one will try to upscale games to 4K and run it as smooth as it can, whereas the the Xbox the Series X, I don't know how do you shorten these? Do you say Xbox SX? Like that's no good because the Xbox Series. X. I don't know the the high X. While we're talking about the X, the the Xboxes in this case, let's just say X or S. Okay, the X will run games at 4K at 120 frames per second. It'll be amazing. The S 
will run them at less frames per second, which means the animations don't look as smooth, and you'll have to sit and wait and loading times a little bit more. That'll be the big takeaway for folks. Okay. Now, so that's a different approach in terms of, like, whereas PlayStation has basically one computer, and that's how it's going to run, Xbox is giving you a high-end and a low-end option. So let's face it, this is an expensive hobby. Um, you know, spending 300 US instead of 500 US, that, that can make a little big difference, especially if you want to buy games or other stuff with it. Yeah, definitely. That, it, it, that big uh, price gap would factor in for me. Absolutely. Now, in terms of what they're doing with their games, uh, well, there's been t- there's two big two big things that are happening here. The first one is let's talk about Xbox Game Pass. Um, this is a service that already exists that's getting a huge sort of enhancement and relaunch with the the new X and S. Xbox Game Pass, put simply, is Netflix or video games. Instead of going to this, you know, instead of buying a game for eighty bucks and playing it, you play pay. I think it's fifteen bucks a month, and there's a rotating series of games available. And like Netflix, what's available has been kind of spotty, and you have to deal with those issues of sort of streaming things. Um, you know, like sometimes you get buffering that kind of jazz. But it's but it's like you know when you think about how movies have changed. Because of Netflix, they were on the track of cha- to change video games the same way. Now, when it, the new X and S launch, Xbox Game Pass is getting a huge enhancement. It's now going to have day one releases. A game comes out in the store for you to buy it the same day. If you're paying your $15 a month, it's there for you to play. That sounds pretty appealing. And the Xbox Game Pass is... Like, they're taking the Xbox front name and they're taking it off of the console. The, the Series X and the Series S are a Microsoft Xbox product that will play Xbox games and connect to Xbox service. But Xbox itself, they're now considering it as like a cloud hub, like Netflix. And like Netflix, you can get to it from other devices. Xbox Game Pass is also available on PC. If you have a cool gaming computer and you subscribe to this service... You can play the cool new Xbox games on your computer. Or you can stream it to an Android device. They'll play all the crunching, like all the computer is happening on the cloud somewhere, and the results are screened onto your, onto your I don't know, your Pixel. I, mean, I don't know much about Android phones, but and I've seen these videos where people have been experimenting with this already where they take a, like a wireless Xbox controller and clip their phone to it to be the screen. And as long as you've got a good internet connection... You're playing the newest games on your phone, which you already own, and the controller, which you can pick up. Essentially, they've created a... What I'm getting at is they've created a service where Xbox isn't the console anymore, and you don't need the console. Yeah, that sounds... I I was reading about that. It it definitely sounds like they're taking this in a new direction. It, It sort of feels like it's a halfway point between you know, the classic big gaming consoles like the Xboxes and the Playstations and the Switch, which is more for traveling around and playing games with with a community. Whereas the other games or other systems are more like for hardcore gamers, the Switch was a bit more about fun, and this is gonna bridge that gap. It's just, it's I mean, it's video game Netflix. 
And unlike some other folks who have tried it before, it, it really works. And they have access to a library, which really makes it an appealing deal. I just can't figure out why would I want to buy an Xbox? Like the console at this point. Like it seems like it would be a smarter investment to have a powerful computer at home. Because I could still play everything that's on the Xbox... And other things that might not be necessarily on the Xbox. Plus, I have a nice computer at home. Yeah, and and if it's truly... If you're playing it in a way where it's streaming the game to you and, like, the hard work is happening in the cloud, then you don't even need that great a computer, right? Or am I misunderstanding? It, no. It's, it's, they're saying that a lot of it is happening in the cloud. So, yeah, I can't figure out... like. I, I mean, I guess I can. I can say as if, if you went to that boardroom and said, okay, guys, like, newsflash, we're not selling any hardware at all, that'd be a hard sell. But what they're doing is they're selling, I guess, an access point to this service. And I expect that this might be the last generation of Xbox consoles. I wow. expect that they're going to be, they're going to sell these and they are going to pour resources into Game Pass and say, yeah, you're streaming games now. Right, you know, there's no more blockbuster. There, there's no, no more. Heck, there's no more. Barely any BMVs. Like, I'm trying to yeah. think. Like, where did I used to go to buy movies? Like HMV, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, they're yeah. gone now. No, I think that what Microsoft is shooting for is seven years from now. Nah, they'll still have like they'll they'll probably just cross over into their PC market. The same way that they sell cheap computers for students for school who only really need it for you know Word and Facebook and YouTube. They'll sell a computer just you know, with a, a, some good hard drive space and a good internet connection and play Xbox that way. I guess where the problem comes in is it, it can kind of leave people who aren't living in big cities or who don't can't afford a super mega uh, internet package. It kind of leaves them in the dust, leaves them behind. Yeah, this is New Zealand. I know is famous for this. It's like the you know the joke is like all their internet comes through one Ethernet cable that has to go through the Australian outback to get them. <laughs> for sure, it's not for everybody, um, and maybe that's another good reason as to why the old consoles are still being sold because right. you can still get video games the old-fashioned way. But like, holy cow, does that sound like the future? And I don't know, I don't know, I, I don't know if it's going to work. I have no idea. It's such a different thing. It's such a departure from what we're, the way we've been playing video games for the last 30 years in the home console market. It is, it is a grand experiment, and you know what? Microsoft has the money to try it, so yeah. that makes sense. It'll be interesting. I think with Netflix, one of the things that set it apart, especially in the early days of these streaming services, was that they, I guess they had some sort of amazing compression algorithm because they didn't, it rarely felt like there was lag when you started watching something. To At this point, when I'm at home, I can, I just press anything on Netflix and it starts going lickety split there's no no problem there's no buffering it's just ready to go whereas some other streaming services still there's buffering or you know it's better if you just download the whole thing before you start watching it uh Netflix has found some way to to get past that and if Xbox can do something similar on a much grander scale because you know a video game that's a lot more information to send than just just a movie if they can find a way to do it where it's it's streaming right away, then then I think that's a real winner for them. Yeah, but see, when you talk about 
it being more information to send. Like, that's interesting. This came up... Let me rephrase all this. The amount of bandwidth being used by a video game is a lot different from the bandwidth being used when you're streaming a movie. When you're streaming a movie, you're downloading... Like, if it's a high-definition movie, it's somewhere between 4 and 6 gigabytes worth of, you know, individual frames of animation. I have all this pixelated information. A video game, a lot of the time... I mean, the way it's worked in the past is that you have a lot of it installed on your hard drive, and all that's being exchanged is the netcode. Right. Right? Everything is executed on two separate computers, and the only thing they're exchanging is short bursts of information to describe like what changes are being made by the user, and they adjust accordingly. Now, in this new world, that doesn't apply. In this new world, all the crunching is happening somewhere, and they're constantly beaming the video to you. So maybe it is just as comparable to Netflix. I don't know. We don't know like what the technology is going to be like, but the information going back and forth between machines, I don't think will make a dramatic difference to what's happening with streaming movies now. I don't Even think. Though- you don't think there'd be more, like, it feels like with Netflix, it would be more of a one-way thing. They send the information to you. Here, with a, an Xbox, they're sending information to you, and you're sending information back, right? Well, but it's just those little bits, right? Like, when you input on the controller, like you, don't, like, you don't send a picture of your character turning to the left and changing his weapon. What you're sending to the computer is, you know, so I've held the stick, like, up in the up position for six seconds, and I've pressed a button one for 1.2 seconds. Like, right. that's something that you can communicate in bits. Hmm. Interesting. Ugh. Yeah. So it's, ah, such a different... World exactly. than that's what, what I'm saying. It's a whole new thing. In. Ah, now I mentioned there were two big things happening with this. Game Pass is definitely the first one. The second one, at the time of this recording, happened just what two days ago and came out of nowhere. Where Microsoft spent 7.5 billion dollars that's seven and a half thousand million dollars, <laughs> which okay to acquire ZeniMax, which is the company that owns famed video game developer-publisher Bethesda, which scoops up from Microsoft exclusively a bunch of famous video game intellectual properties. So you remember how I was saying that, like, you know, the, the video game, like, the library for online services haven't always been great? Well, now some of the biggest names in video gaming are exclusively controlled by Microsoft. And sure... There may be reasons they want to release it for the PlayStation as well, because they'll still make some licensing money on that. But holy cow, if the new you know, Elder Scrolls game, the new Skyrim comes out, and the only place to play it is on Xbox Game Pass, I mean, you remember when everybody suddenly signed up for HBO to watch Game of Thrones? I was one of them. Yeah, that's what's going to happen. With this deal... A single company, so Microsoft is going to completely own Minecraft, Doom, Forza, Gears of War, Halo, Fallout, The Elder Scrolls, so Skyrim, Morrowind, Oblivion, Battletoads, Killer Instinct, Fable, Forza, Dishonored, Psychonauts, Age of Empires, Wolfenstein, Perfect Dark, on and on and on. So many of these big names in video gaming and Microsoft can absolutely say, yeah, we're not going to release any of those for PlayStation anymore if we don't want to. 
Okay, that's fair. But a lot of those games they already had for the Xbox One, a lot of those those franchises you mentioned, and it didn't really help them, right? Like like well, the they Xbox... didn't have them exclusively. Not right? not oh. Gears, Gears and Halo, sure. And those are big games. They but are, they... but the Xbox One sold something like half as many units as the PS4. Right. So now imagine you couldn't ever get them on PlayStation. Only place to get them was on Xbox. Okay, right? well, I, so I was like, a big Halo guy back on the 360 and, and pr- prior, right? It came out, started on the original Xbox. I That was a, a, a thing that sold consoles for me. Didn't yeah. sell me an Xbox One. Gears didn't get me an Xbox One. And, and it wasn't because, I don't know, the, uh, necessarily because of franchise fatigue. It was because the game's didn't interest me as much anymore they stopped being the killer apps that got me to to pick up the system whereas playstation still seemed to have things exclusives that that could convince me to buy that system over the other absolutely is that gonna happen here i think that's a perfectly like objectively we can say that playstation this generation had the raddest exclusives god of war spider-man uh more recently like games like ghost of tsushima are all award-winning works of art level video. The Last of Us. The Last of Us was a PlayStation exclusive. Right. Right. Xbox hasn't been doing so well in exclusives. So did they go and make their own? No. They bought Bethesda. (laughs) Yeah, but they also bought Rare, Bethesda has released Skyrim on every device known to man. (laughs) I am sure there are microwaves out there that you can play Skyrim on at this point. (laughs) Everyone loves Skyrim. Skyrim has sold... I don't think the sales numbers are even out there. I was Googling it earlier. It's hard to track. If that only, if that game that took over the world of gaming was only available on this one place, like, that's what they're shooting for. I mean, that's what we speculate that they're shooting for anyway. But, yeah, I, I hear you. And I... I but Rare was its own thing, and, and Microsoft bought them, right? Perfect Dark. When was the last time there was a Perfect Dark game? They 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 don't they don't seem to do anything with a lot of these properties they have, and, and the ones they do have exclusives with, they haven't executed very well with them. So, oh, and that's and that's a concern, right? A lot of folks are saying like they don't want these IPs to be under the control of Microsoft. As fan of the game, I, I get that. I really wanted to keep playing Doom on my PlayStation. I've got the last two, like, since the relaunch in 2016, I got both of them on PS4. They're some of my favorite games. I'd love to see what it would have looked like on PS5. I mean, we don't know for sure that you won't be able to see what it's like on PS5. I guess, I, I wonder yeah. how much the sales will, will dictate that. Like, if, if the PS5 really substantially outsells the Series X or whatever, then then maybe they won't make it exclusive. Maybe they'll be like, we need to to shore up our sales here, so we've got to put this Doom game out on them just so we can get our 80 bucks. Absolutely. If nobody signs up to Game Pass and no one's buying these consoles, like they'll desperately need to drive up sales. They'll release it for everything again. But they have that option now, is the thing. They have that controlling interest. So that's the other big bit of Microsoft news. Yeah. I, I it's To me, it just makes me concern that they're gonna those those franchises are gonna be driven into the ground like some of their other franchises but then again there's always new franchises always new companies that seem to to pop out new stuff that that gets you to buy a console 
So I don't know. Ah, it's it's well, a tough yeah, one. And, it's very existential. We had we don't yeah, and that's it. Like the stuff, like the direction they're going in is so new. We have no idea. If I was in charge of their gaming division, I would I wouldn't be able to sleep. Yeah, yeah. It's I I do think this this streaming it wherever idea is a more interesting take than than all the exclusives like the ability to to play it on a computer or on you know if it, it truly is as amazingly cloud-based as as we hope it is like if i could get a microsoft surface for you know a few hundred bucks and then just carry that around with me wherever i go on a controller that's a lot more appealing these days than a giant hunk of black plastic that i gotta stick next to my tv with a you know cooling rack all around it Oh, yeah. And that's something we haven't touched on, but maybe we should just jump into that for a bit. In all cases, these consoles are huge this time around. The The PlayStation 5, like the, the one with the disc especially, is 15 and a half inches tall. It's like these machines are giant computers now. Like compared to your old Nintendo, especially compared to Nintendo who makes their hardware tiny, these are giant monstrous computers. Um, the it's listen. I have like a, a I don't know what you'd call it a cabinet. Like the television sits on like sort of this thing with drawers, but there are shelves in it with little holes. And like that's in the past. That's where I've stuck my video game consoles. There is no way these things are going to fit in there. I mean, well, it's not even close. The the PS4 was pretty big when it came out originally, right? And then they released a slim version, didn't they? Yeah, but by pretty big, you're talking like. Nine inches, you know, around 15 inches tall, 10 inches deep. I'm trying to, like, what's the, I'm trying to think of something comparable, and all I can come up with is foot-long subs. <laughs> and this right? is bigger than one of those. Is this bigger, it's taller <laughs> than a foot-long sub. I think enough of us have eaten foot-long subs that you can, like, hold your hands out in front of you and go, okay, so it's that big. Add another couple of fists to that, to your hands. <laughs> You have to find a place to put this thing. I mean, that's another, to me, that's another argument for not having the disc edition, because I think I'm going to have to stick it, like, behind the TV somewhere and never see it again. Because yeah. I'm not, like, like, thank goodness all the controllers are wireless now. But, like, I don't th- I don't know how you're going to store these things in your house. The other thing like, is, is that at, least the, at least the, the PlayStation 1 is attractive looking like you can put it out there and, and well, if it's not on it, okay comparatively it's attractive <laughs> the the xbox one is literally a big black brick it looks like something you, you the black box on an airplane it it looks like something from 2001 for yeah. sure the playstation one is very dynamic <laughs> it's got weird curves in strange places and, and lights up i just <laughs> The PlayStation 5 looks to me what a fancy computer looks like in a Michael Bay movie. Like it, like it, I don't it's have just, a problem it, with that. I, I don't know. It looks a little goofy to me. It, uh, it was, and well, we can't do this over the podcast. You know, folks at home, Google these yourself. But uh, I don't know. I think it looks a little strange. I guess it's up to taste. That's subjective. But either way, there. I mean, this is sort of a tangent. We can move off of it. But these things are huge. <laughs> So keep that in mind as well, with a possible exception of the Xbox or the new S, uh, which in addition to being cheaper and weaker is also considerably smaller than all of them. That one Mm. seems more reasonable, and it looks okay. 
it, it looks like a little white brick with a big black, like, round speaker hole in it. So. Hmm. Okay, so so are those, the, those are the big dogs. Are we moving on to the rest? Yeah, yeah, yes. The, the rest is pretty small news, so we can cram that in here. I know we're coming up on time. Um, the, I mean, we, Google would really appreciate it if we mentioned that Google Stadia is still around. Um, <laughs> so what is. what is that? Like that, that, I feel like I remember hearing about it and then it disappearing. I did, I learned a bit about it doing research for this, but can you give us the, the yeah. notes on this? Yeah. Everything we talked about Xbox Game Pass, Google Stadia is Google trying to do the same thing, but poorly, um, <laughs> with performance issues and like and, and a terrible like almost empty video game library and a bunch of features that they promised that never appeared um and, and it isn't seems there like, something where it's like you get a subscription but you also have to buy games it's something like that they they tried to sell their own controller and nobody bought it uh, it was just a crappier Xbox controller. It's like they took an Xbox controller, and to make it different from the Xbox controller, they just they took everything good about the controller away. They made it less ergonomic. They made the buttons lower quality. And said, there, it's different, so it's not copyright infringement. <sighs> I think we can stop there. Like, everything Xbox Game Pass is doing is going to kick Google Stadia, like, right in the balls. It's we think. I mean, it's also still up in the air. It's like based on what. Oh, sure, sure. They're no, telling they could, us <laughs> they could surprise us. That's that's true. But uh, yeah, they, Google Stadia has actually been around for a while, and the general takeaway of it, like the most complimentary things people have said about it, is that it's very promising technology for a product that Google could maybe release later. Ah, it feels like a beta. Yeah, like it's a test. But it's a test that they're charging you for and that they want to compete with the big dogs for. So so does that leave uh, the Steam machines as the, the last thing to talk about, or is there anything else? I, well, in terms of PC, I don't know if they're still making Steam machines, frankly. They um, are. They've taken them off the, the store page, but you can still search for them and you'll find them. Well, that's hilarious. Um, <laughs> you said that with such venom. <laughs> I still can't find a single person who can explain to me the appeal of a Steam machine. I mean, Graham, it sounds like you've done a little bit of research. Can you explain what a Steam machine is and why you'd buy one? Uh, well, I wouldn't buy one, but my understanding is it's sort of just supposed to be finding a middle ground between getting a new computer and getting a new console. There's a bunch of different versions, and you can customize it like a PC, but it's more of a console, and it'll play Steam games, and Steam is is far and away the biggest video game store on the internet, if not... In the world. In the world. Yeah, basically every computer game that's come out, with a couple of exceptions for some recent competitors, can be delivered digitally to a computer through the Steam interface. So apparently they, the, the Valve, the people that make Steam, were not thrilled with some of the things that were happening with Windows and the other operating systems that they put Steam out on. And so they thought, let's make these machines with our own operating system that'll do exactly what we want to do. And we'll put it on our Steam homepage and it'll sell like hotcakes. And it didn't quite pan out that way. Yeah, it, people realized that it was the same thing as buying a computer except that it was a crappier computer. So... <laughs> <laughs> Look, that was it. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, you know, it, I, look, if if that's the worst thing you can say about Steam, that that that's pretty good. They've had a pretty good run. Steam. They've is, had is, a phenomenal run. They've they, like they have a monopoly over the PC gaming market, and nobody minds because they've been handling it really fairly. And it's crazy that they they're the people that made Half Life, right? And and these. Other... Oh yeah, they used to make video games, <laughs> <laughs> and and now they're just. A store. It's such a weird transition. They just they found it like they they you know they don't have to have any development time and they just you know they became a middleman and they're packing it away. It's working out really well for them. <laughs> yeah, um, I think Epic Game Store was the most recent uh, competitor. Um, oh, and EA tried their own EA Origin. And I think that went defunct recently, or they're does, trying to rebrand it. We'll see. Does GOG factor in? Uh, not in terms of sales numbers. <laughs> what what's that like? How, how is it as far as a competitor? Like good old what? games. I, I, I my impression is that they do the same thing as Steam, but they focus on those like really old computer games that you remember playing as a kid in the early '90s that are easy to like like, like that nobody really can sell anymore because nobody has any idea who holds the licenses and because the technology has gone too far. Right, like a lot of the, like a lot of those old games, the the frame rate, like how fast the game ran, was based on the clock speed of your computer, which seemed reasonable at the time. Well, computers are so much faster these days. If you booted one of these games up, like you'd press start and then the game would be over because you would have died already. <laughs> um, good old games, besides selling games that aren't the newest stuff and trying to resell you your childhood, they also provide like the software architecture necessary to like, adapt the game. Essentially, running it to emulate it on a modern system. I think now they've they've branched into more modern stuff as well. But that it it, it feels like just stick to your niche, right? Like stick to what you were good at. Yeah, they, is... they 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 have that possibility, but it's they they do not hold the market share for it. Right. But yeah, so so Steam machines. That's interesting. Um, now, in terms of PC gaming, the the big news. I mean, like Sony and and Microsoft are releasing their big hardware. There's also been the big hardware release uh, for PC recently, where Nvidia, the the company who controls the vast majority of of GPU technology, essentially the like the little computer inside your big computer that does all the hard crunching to make the video games amazing graphics work. They've released a new series of cards, and with just as much enthusiasm as these consoles, that it's they're already sold out all over the place, and people are furious, and capitalism is a nightmare. Uh, the, <laughs> but yeah, these are so these are the NVIDIA GeForce RTX has released their 30 series graphics cards. Um, the it's what is it? It's the here we go. The 3080, the 3090, and shortly after you hear this, I think in October, it'll be the 3070. Um, which are just names to denote like the three different configurations of these cards. The 3080 is the one that's out. It's their latest video card. It's priced at $700. And on its own, like just as a graphics card, it's about as powerful a computer as these big consoles are. Uh, the 3090 is their premier, like you're a real, like this is like if they were selling stereo equipment to your dad, this would be what it was. <laughs> this is for hardcore computer people. This is a $1,500 US graphics card for your computer. That's absurd. It has 10,000 cores, the 24 gigs of RAM. 
it, it's it's insane that like there there will be no video game in the world you can't run at 8K at max frame per second with this. I've and, I I think I had uh, computers that weren't that powerful. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, I I had whole computers that didn't that didn't look like, gigabyte wasn't a word. <laughs> Uh, and then shortly, in, again, in October, they're releasing a cheaper $500. That's the 3070, which is still pretty good, but that's, like, if you want, like, you know, if you're a reasonable person and don't want to spend that much money on a PC, you can grab those. Um, PC gaming, compared to consoles, is considered the high-end option. Um, when you are playing video games and you are a propeller head, you're a real techie kind of guy, and you want the best graphics and the smoothest performance and the most immersive experience, you buy a video game on a computer and you buy way more expensive components. Um, I'm sitting here, I'm recording this on a, essentially you would call a gaming PC. Um, Dave Ansel, a friend of the show, occasional guest, helped me put this together. Um, including a bunch of peripherals for it, like a new monitor and a mouse and keyboard. We spent about $6,000 Canadian. Wow. Uh, building this. And that includes everything, cables and speakers and all that jazz. But, like, this is a, a pretty high-end rig. So 6000 for a supercharged computer versus, you know, 299 US for the Xbox <laughs> S. You can see the difference. Like, you expect a difference, and yeah, you can tell. Like, oh my gosh, does control look amazing on this computer? And I know Star Wars Squadrons is coming soon. I'm going to take a look at the PC version. I'm going to hook it up to my VR helmet. Like, that is... <sighs> oh, that I is, can't wait for that. Oh, right? Yeah, as soon as pandemic is over, come on over, give it a try. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so... the There is definitely an audience for giant PC gaming... Um, I, it's not the audience like where mom is going to Toys R Us to pick up the hot holiday item of the year. I don't think it's a direct competition, but I mean, these graphics cards are a big deal, and they sold out in seconds. And there are a few being resold for you know the cost of you know the like if you wanted to buy a computer from Russia, ah. <laughs> that kind of thing. Uh, so the so in terms of what's coming, you know, we're doing this like the deep dive into what's coming up next in video game news. What it is for PC gamers is the next step. The next evolution is here if you can afford it. Um, and if you want to play the next Forza at supercharged, you can do that. And to be fair, I mean, as much as we talk about Xbox and Xbox Game Pass, I mean, a lot of these games also come out for Windows. That's also Microsoft. So, you know, like the new Halo game, which was supposed to launch with the Xbox we talked about in an earlier episode, and it got delayed. It's going to come out for Xbox, it's going to come out for Xbox Game Pass, but it's also going to be a PC version. And if you buy one of these insane cards and get it on PC, like, the graphics options built in, it's going to look phenomenal. But hey, it, that's up to you. Well, yeah. So, I, I, I think that's got to be... The, the whole take now, right? Like, we've covered everything. I think that's it. So consider this Geek Top 5's unofficial holiday buying guide. <laughs> but also, if you're like us, where you've it's things have gotten a little bit confused and you're not sure what's going on, I think we've given a good overview and the detail you need to figure out what's going on next. And as big video gamers, I mean, well, don't let me put words in your mouth, you tell me. But in my case, I'm excited but I'm cautious. I'm not running out and buying one of these new video cards. 
and I don't see any reason yet to run out and buy one of these fancy new consoles. I'll see what comes out on them, but it's probably going to have to wait and see until you know there's a cool new game or some kind of cool new experience to make me want to jump on board. How about you? Yeah, it's um, it's been a while since I got a system the day it was released. It's it's and this isn't going to do it. No, nothing here is is compelling me to get it. There's still so much I can play on the PlayStation, and I've as discussed, I've got so much stuff in my Steam library that I I don't really need to drop five hundred or three hundred dollars on a on a new system just yet. And there certainly isn't anything out there compelling me to do it. Uh, honestly, the the saddest thing is what might get me to upgrade is uh, an NHL game. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, I, listen, if that's your that's your jam, then go for it. I mean, I know in my case, like I I would really like to play a new Halo, um, but again, but with all the options available to me, I, I don't know what I would do to do it. Um, but yeah, I think the key is on the games. As fancy as the hardware is going to be, uh, it's going to be up to the video game developers for this generation. Like We'll see in 2021 what they can do with these new toys. Um, and we'll, yeah, we'll have to see if they do make something that makes me think I want to upgrade. But for now, Geek Top 5's official recommendation is wait. There we go. Now, maybe we're wrong. Maybe there's something we missed. Maybe there's something you violently disagree with, because that's pretty common in this industry. Uh, if so, uh, you know what? We're, we're not. Uh, this, these rules aren't set in stone. We would be happy to hear your opinion. Please let us know what you think and why you disagree with us. Or hey, if you agree with us too, that's always nice to hear as well. <laughs> uh, Graham, how can they? How can they send us their diatribes? We are on email, uh, geektop5 at gmail.com. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash geektop5. And we're on Twitter at geektop5. In all cases, the five is spelled out like a word and not a number. Oh, that's important to specify. I wouldn't have thought of that. Good on you. So, yeah, looking forward to hearing from you because, frankly, you guys are a blast. Uh, you're the reason that we do this. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, also just want to mention our special thanks to out to Jamie Reum, the guy behind our theme song, and music geek extraordinaire. Check him out. Reum is spelled R-E-A-U-M-E. Uh, Jamie Reum official or Jamie underscore Reum uh, on Instagram and check out his virtual trivia pub nights project trivia schmivia.com you can't sit in front of those video games all day um, it's not that much different I guess in terms of screen time doing the trivia nights but you are interacting with other people and it's a lot of fun and it kind of helps you remember what things were like before the dark times so worth giving it a shot and that'll keep you busy uh, until next time I'm Jesse I'm Graham this has been Geek Top 5. We'll talk to you again next week. <laughs>